0: on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.
1: You're listening to The Jan Price Show, and today my guest is writer-director Kent Jones, and we're talking about his brand-new film, Diane, uh, which stars Mary Kay Place and Jake Lacey and Andrea Martin and Estelle Parsons and many others. Welcome to the show, Kent
0: to be here. Thanks for welcoming
1: me. You're welcome. This film was uh, very personal for you, wasn't it? Let, first, before we really get started, why don't you tell the audience what this story is about, what Diane is about?
0: Um, the, the synopsis version would be that it's a movie about a woman played by Mary Kay, the titular character Diane. She's in her 60s, and she's someone who lives on a fixed income, and she really defines herself according to the way that she helps care for others, according to the people that she cares for. She's one of those people who brings food to people when there's been an illness or an operation or something like that, who's driving from one place to another. This is a very New England story, by the way. to um, visit her cousin in the hospital who's who's sick with cancer, to visit her aunts and take them places, um, and who are beloved to her and who are the whole world to her. And then to... Go and constantly check in on her son, who she knows has a drug problem. The son is played by Jake Lacey, Uh, and who she goes through the motions of, you know, pretending with when he says, Oh, no, no, there's nothing going on. I'm just sick. Don't worry about me. I kicked that, you know, and she just goes along with it, but is always there to make sure that he's still alive and okay. At a certain point in the film, everything shifts, and she has to learn to start being
1: with herself more. That's a very good synopsis, and then it goes from there. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, obviously, this film was very personal for you. Talk a little bit about why it was personal for you, and how the character of Diane, uh, how you developed her. Well...
0: It's something that percolated in my mind for many, many years. Um, More than my mind, it just percolated within me. And it really started when all of my own great aunts and uncles were still around, very much alive and well when I was young. And I just had a desire to make a film that gave... An idea of who they were and what the world was that I lived in that was really the constellation of them. Um, I just wanted to be around them. They were all New Englanders. They lived, they were born on the um, border of Canada, right in New York State, but they all settled in New England really. And um we went through very tough times and a lot some of them went through real tragedies, but they all had this beautiful stoicism, sense of humor, the real tenderness, um, the real vulnerability. They all meant the world to me, and so that was where it started, and it kind of developed over the years, as like, Thought about it, it turned into a story of a mother and son. The son, um, at a certain point, it was a son that she had to care for because of a drug addiction. I had gone through that experience with a friend of mine. Um, he had, had gone down that road, um, and you know, as is the case in the film, um, often with, with sometimes when the addiction when the drugs go away, the addiction continues and takes on um that was something that I knew about um and that layer added and then when I saw the rainmaker um based on the John Grisham novel in 1997 with Mary Kay and the mother of a, of a boy who's dying of cancer I thought I'm going to write it for her I already loved Mary wow. Kay very much but when I saw her in that movie I thought there's no this is for her and so when we met I told her what I had in mind and you know, we met many years later and she said, gee, I look forward to reading it. You won't be able to raise a dime, up, you know, with my name. You know, I'll worry about that. And, you know, I wrote it after my own mother had passed away. Um, and, um, we were able to make it thanks to producers, um, Carolyn Kaplan and Orrin Moverman, Eddie Weissman, Julia Lebedev, uh, Luca burgazi and Ben Howe. So it was yes. a long road and it was. No,
1: here we are. Yes. Now you here you are. Now you you uh debuted this film. Did you debut it at Tribeca last year? The Tribeca Film Festival?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did actually.
1: Yep. And you won all that kinds was, of awards. That
0: was, that was crazy, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh right. My, my wife and I were there. My wife is a costume designer of the film. Uh, the film is actually dedicated to us. Oh. And um we met when we were making the movie and we were sitting there and we were told that, the film was going to win something and first it was cinematography and it was not, that's not really, And then they called me up for screenplay and they, I went backstage and they said no you have to stay and I'm like gee there's nothing else left um, <laughs> so it really was one best film as well so that was uh, obviously uh, a very nice moment
1: very nice moment that's huge that's huge it really is so what was that moment like for you this is your f- you, 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 you had another film and we'll talk a little bit about that too but um, what was that moment like
0: I mean, I have made other films. I've made documentaries. This is my first narrative film. Um, you know, I was back there. I knew Jane Rosenthal, the director of the festival, and I crossed paths with Bob De Niro. Um, I, I've, I've worked on many, for many years on many things with Marty Scorsese. Um, but, you know... Uh, Bob acting had, had permanently marked me when I was young. It's you know, it just a great, great, and I mean, suddenly there he was, giving me a hug and giving me an award. Yeah, it was a wonderful.
1: I can imagine it really was a wonderful moment. So, talk a little bit about more yeah. about um, yeah. you know, there's the the movie evolves into. I mean, there's a lot of death in this movie. It seems like uh, it, it's true. Yeah, so. Why that? Why why was that so important?
0: It's not so much that it was important to have a lot of tests. That's not it, really. What it is is that I don't. Loss is part of life. Right. You know, there's a moment when when Diane is is going to she's getting her nails done and get her hair cut, and she's an amazing actress named LaShawn's who, um is doing the doing her nails and Diana's is talking about the fact that you know she lost so many of her family members so quickly and she said I thought that they would be around forever and the character says well you know we all think that everybody's gonna live forever with the kids and we do you know I mean all of the people that we love that's of course we think that how can we not you know you, you, you can't suddenly think to yourself gee you know, one day I'm gonna lose you, that's not part of the idea. Then, you know, when it when it happens it's a shock, but then, you know, you come to understand well that is life. You know. Uh and there's something that there's a way of, of coming to terms with it. I, I I don't you know, I was present when my mother died, uh, to me it was a real privilege to have been there with her. You Know because it's a passage that's you know miraculous in its own way, and you know, just as miraculous as the birth of the children, and it's just sort of like but it, uh, you know, it's life, and so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make a film in which that shock is absorbed, and then you develop a different relationship with yourself, really.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, definitely, it does that. You, you when putting this together um, there you know it's interesting because the mother daughter um, mother son relationship is just very um, raw all the way through I mean it just doesn't seem even you know, she's concerned about her son being a drug addict and and worried, and then when he becomes a, I hope I'm not giving anything away, but a religious fanatic, you know, he goes from one addiction to another addiction, she doesn't seem to be that much happier about that situation. You want to talk a little bit about that?
0: Well, you know, I mean, it's raw because relationships, that run deep are raw between parents and children. I think in this, or no, they're not inherently raw, but they run deep. Mm-hmm. And so, if everything is discussed and out on the table, then they're going to be raw. And so, in the case of this mother and son relationship, there are things that have not been discussed because you know we all have things in our life at one point that feel too scary to discuss. So they always come back in other forms, you know, to us And until we come to terms with them. I think that in the case of this relationship, on the one hand, she's just so prepared for him to just disappear. You know, she's just gone through the mill with him, that when he doesn't, it's kind of a shock to the system, and it happens at the same time as another very dramatic event in her life. And then she has to, and then she understands, well, you know, as I was saying before, you know, drugs go away, but the addiction doesn't. And I, I, I saw that happen, you know, with my friends. And, she, you know, uh, sometimes that's a good thing in the sense that people who go through a 12-step program, that becomes the addiction for a while. But that's good. That brings them, that keeps them alive. Right? You know, i right, my right. friend a lot. Uh, you know, um whenever I hear anybody knocking AA, um I just wanna scream because he wouldn't be alive if it were for AA right uh, but I also feel like um it, it it doesn't mean that you know, oh, he saved himself. Wow isn't that great? then other things happen. You know, so one solution to one problem creates another kind of problem. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail about it. I don't want people to see the movie, but, you know, I mean, that is here. That's life.
1: It is life. This is a slice of life. So you said you you wrote this movie for Mary Kay Place when you saw her in, in The Rainmaker in 1997. Um, and yet, yeah. you and you carried this with you, obviously, for all those many years. Uh, what was it about Mary Kay Place that just struck you, and you knew that this was the movie for her? That you were going to create this for her?
0: Well, first of all, it's an inner energy. Uh, Mary Kay's. Born in Texas grew up in Oklahoma so she's from another part of the world the Rainmaker took place around New Orleans you know in Louisiana and so it's a different part of the country nonetheless um what I saw was something that I recognized as an inner quality and by that part of it has to do with the fact that she's trained in comedy which means that there's a kind of a toughness in her same thing with Andrea Martin um who plays her friend, Bobby, you know, it's, it's, it gives an extra edge to, um, uh, the sensibility of the artist, I think. Um, it's one of the reasons, you know, my, I, sometimes my father used to say that he thought that singers made good actors. I think he was right about that. You know, Dean Martin and Sinatra were were very good in some of their roles. Um, Elvis Presley, maybe less so, but whatever, you know. Anyway, and then with uh, comics, it's interesting to watch. For instance, Don Rickles in Casino, you know, he gives it something that no one else could bring. Or Alan King is in, is in Casino mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I think that in the case of Mary Kay, it's 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 a tension. Um, that to me felt completely in harmony with the kind of really rough sense of humor that my, that my aunts had um the resilience that they had, the stoicism that they had and then and also the emotion deep emotionalism. and that's another thing that you know when you look at a great great comic or comic actor that you see um that they do the way that the emotion works in relation to the, the outward instrument, and so you know, I, I I was deeply, deeply impressed by that in that movie. And she was it was interesting because when we talked about it, she really was very that that particular film. Even though her part is small, was a very special experience for her.
1: Interesting, so. and it's obviously stuck with you all these years that. Uh, yeah. So you could write a, a, a beautiful film for her to be in years later, many years later. So if you're just tuning yeah. in to yeah. the, if you're just tuning in uh, to the Jam Price Show, uh, we my guest today is uh, Kent Jones, and we're talking about his brand new film called Diane. So what was the most difficult part of filming this um, movie for you, Kent?
0: Oh well. The most difficult part of filming, I'm not sure. I think filming is kind of all of a piece when you're really doing it. In other words, there's a quote that I came across from Truffaut, a recording of François Truffaut near the end of his life when I was making Hitchcock Truffaut. I found that he died very young. Um, he had brain cancer and he was pretty with it right up to the very end but this recording was made really in the last weeks of his life but he's reflecting on filmmaking and he says you know making filmmaking is like when you're making a movie it's like you go into a fugue state and he actually made a film about that day for night um, and um, in which he himself plays the director actually of the movie within the movie and it's true you you just in it and so and if you're not in it if you find ways to remove yourself that's not a good thing (laughs) you know so I couldn't tell you what was more difficult than anyone else anything else during the actual shooting um, or how much sleep I got or didn't get I can just tell you that it was all in my mind it was all one thing and it was was logistical difficulties here and there it was very tough strangely enough, to find a forest with pine trees in it. You know, we, the film takes place in, yeah, it was crazy. The film takes place in Massachusetts, but we shot right across the border in New York State, same part of the world. Better tax breaks at the (laughs) time. And I was like, okay, so we're here and we're in the Catskills, and so I'll just go find a forest with pine trees. It Mm -hmm. was insane. And then finally I found one, but I was just like, wow. I wonder what that—that's interesting, you know. That is interesting. Um, So, you know, that was kind of difficult
1: (laughs) (laughs) finding pine trees. (laughs) Who who knew? (laughs) Who knew that would be the most difficult thing?
0: It was just crazy, yeah. You know.
1: Well, you 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 have uh, pulled together an extraordinary cast. Uh, Talk a little bit about working with some of these amazing actresses. You know, you have Estelle Parsons, who we absolutely adore, Joyce Van Patten, Andrea Martin. Uh, you know, just a great cast: Glennis O'Connor, and Phyllis Somerville. How did you, and Deidre O'Connell? How did you put all of these wonderful people, t- and of course Jake Lacey, and we do want to talk a little bit about his performance on this in this film. But how did you uh, yeah. put the, this cast together? Uh, because it's, it's a great ensemble.
0: I, you know, it's amazing how many. Great artists there are over a certain age who want to do something that they can really dig into. Andrea and Mary Kay, for instance, work a lot, and you know but it's like I think that this this particular movie meant something different to them um, Mary Kay, obviously. Um, since it was written for her, but it's it's um, you know there's a lot of stuff that's being made and a lot of it is really good. Um, but I think that there was this was layered in a way, you know, that maybe a lot of the people in the film were used to getting parts that were layered, just layered. And I think that at their age, and I think that um, you know when the casting director Jody Engstrich and I started talking about. Names and she started naming people. she was just like, Ah, a top person can read it and you know wants to read it and you know that would be great. Gee, I hope she likes it. And she just you know immediately said yes. And she was 89, by the way, when we shot. Now she's 91.
1: Wow. And really?
0: um. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely incredible. The concentration, her, her, you know, that moment where she just gets up from her daughter's hospital bed and hugs Mary Kay is just always surprises me. It's just so spontaneous and beautiful. You know, um, she also directed a production of, the, of the, um, uh, Last Days of Judas Iscariot about a year and a half ago that my wife and I went to see. We're just blown away, incredible. Um, Katie O'Connell, it turns out, uh, apart from being a great, great actress, also grew up in the same town that I did. She read the script and she said, where are you from? She recognized the names. Uh, you know, it turned out I went to nursery school with a brother.
1: Oh, my goodness. Crazy. <laughs> um,
0: crazy. You know, um, Joseph Patton, someone I always loved, they just watched Mickey and Mickey again, I think, not too long before we started shooting. I mean, you know, Andrew and Martin, I just worshiped. Um Great. And I could, I could do every single FC TV routine, <laughs> you know, that she did. When she and I met up, you know, I sang that song to her that she did at Tony Franklin, sings some of the songs ever written, you know, the, the, one of the scripts on SCTV. Um, oh my goodness. She was just she was just incredible, um, and Phyllis Somerville, who's now on Broadway at *To Kill a Mockingbird*. Um, you know, these are amazing people. Yeah, um, and and I also, you know, Charles Weldon, who plays Tom, um, is an actor who I'd seen in movies. He was one of the he was a beautiful, soulful man. He actually passed away in December from lung cancer, um, mm-hmm. and I just consider myself so fortunate to have be been able to work with him.
1: It, it's you brought something so beautiful to the film you know. yeah it is a beautiful film there's no question about that mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. a little about Jake Lacy and where we've seen him before and his performance in this film and and you know he is the one of the most pivotal characters in the film and
0: well I mean I needed to find someone who understood what. The particularly, uh, imposing quality of being a junkie is all about. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the imposing kind of like overbearing, swallowing up all the energy in the room quality. Um, the, you know, during and then after as well for a while, you know, during the recovery stage maybe early on. And, um, I, I, I talked to a few actors and, you know, I wasn't quite feeling right. And then, Orin was the one, Oren Logan, producer, suggested Jake. And um, I really, really admired Jake's acting in Obvious Child, which is a very different kind of movie, a comedy with Jenny Slate. But I really loved his performance in that. And I loved his look. These um, It seemed to me to live within the world of the story. And I also loved his performance in Carol, uh, Todd Haynes' film, um, and which is a different kind of enterprise altogether. Where we play someone who's very kind of sunny and cheerful at first and outgoing and then is actually quite malevolent, um, and doing something, um, malevolent. So when he and I met, we just hit it off immediately and we're from the same part of the world. He had a real understanding of the character and I could not be happier than I was with Jake
1: yeah really it, well it, it it does a wonderful performance it gives a wonderful performance where can people see diane oh, I can't
0: um it's opening in, it, it's been opening in different places around the country um it opened in new york and l a on um march twenty eighth and then it's you know expanding and so um and it's also uh available for streaming, you know, but it's, I want as many people as possible to see it on the big screen.
1: I agree. Movies should be seen on the big screen. (laughs) I totally agree. 100%. Yes, 100%. I talk about that all the time on this show. Well, Kent, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. It's wonderful talking with you, and I wish you much success with Diane.
0: Thank
1: you very much. I enjoy it. You're welcome. Go to the Jam Price Show on Facebook and learn more about upcoming shows. And while you're there, like my page, but also write some comments, whether you like the show or things you'd like to hear, uh, and find out more about upcoming shows there. And to listen to the Price Movie Minute movie reviews and to listen to archive shows that you may have missed, go to thejampriceshow.com
0: on PowerTalk AM 1460 and FM 101.1 streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.
1: The Ozio Theater in downtown Monterey is now open every day, showing independent and foreign films. The Ozio Theater has new concession offerings, including beer, wine, hard cider, and their homemade Lush Slush. You can now schedule private event screenings for community charity events, birthdays, anniversaries, or just a fun gathering of friends. For more information, visit the Ozio Theater online at oziotheater.com.